Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey, everyone. Thanks for meeting us here today at First in Maine for our third episode. We love connecting with you in the busyness of your everyday life, and we are super pumped about today's episode because three of our friends are here to share some of the experiences they've had in their life snipping, stopping, or just sticking with things. Now, I know some of y'all are probably thinking, what does that even mean? Well, just keep listening. Right, Lauren? Yes, keep listening. Debs, before we jump into this episode, we have heard some great feedback from our Get Out of Your Head and On With Your Life podcast. The ASK acronym and the tools we have offered have really been helping our listeners make better decisions. So today, we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to be talking about figuring out the things in our life we need to snip, stop, or just stick with. Yeah, Lauren, this is a really important topic because... We all have things in our lives that either help or hinder us living at our best. I want everybody to do something with me real quick. Take a minute and imagine that you're heading into 2022. Now, (laughs) I realize it just turned 2021, but let's just go there for a minute. See yourself having spent this year focusing on the things that are most important to you. Now, for some of you, this could mean you have started pursuing a dream that's been in your heart for too long. For others, you've actually gotten free, like really free, from a hangup or a habit that's held you back for too many years. Maybe some of you dug your heels in and you fought. You fought for that relationship. You fought for that breakthrough in your finances, in your physical health, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you did it. You got serious. You narrowed your focus. You cut back on some things, you cut out some other things, and a new year is here. You are standing on the hills of it, and it looks very different from any other year you've experienced. How good do you think you'd feel? Wow. Yeah, I actually feel pretty incredible just listening to you say that. (laughs) I would love to finish out this year knowing that I hit all my goals right. We're all challenged keeping first things first and the main things the main thing. So we hope today's podcast will help us all do better when it comes to making these kinds of decisions. Debs, can you tell us a little bit about the roundabout? Well, everybody, get ready to glean lots of wisdom today because the roundabout is where a circle of our friends are going to go round about a topic. They're going to share their life experiences as well as some insights that are going to help us really quit going in circles, be able to figure out which route to take 
to get us to where we want to go. We have been waiting to do this segment, and I'm just excited to introduce to you some of our friends. We have three people here with us today. Y'all are going to love Anika. She's going to host the roundabout for us today. She's one of my dearest friends, and she's a mom of five children. Yes, I said five kids, y'all. That is, <laughs> that's a lot of children. Um, and she does it. She does it with such grace. She's actually married to one of my all-time favorites, Pastor Arnold, who was her college sweetheart. She graduated from UNC Chapel Hill, and afterwards, she worked in corporate America as a financial analyst. She also has run her own home-based business as an event planner, and she's been in ministry for 25 years. We met when we were asked to help launch and co-lead Influencer Sisterhood here in the U.S., and over the years, I've gotten to know her really well. She's become one of my best buddies. What I know about her is she loves seeing other people reach their potential. Also, she just finished a book, which I got a sneak peek of, and I just have to say, it's really good. So as soon as it comes out, I'll be sure to share it with all of you. The second person we have with us today is Nick Kendall. Now, Nick is the guy that you want in your corner. He will fight for you because he is like, he's just such a champion of people. Now, a couple things to know about Nick. He was actually born and raised in Zimbabwe lived there for 22 years of his life until he moved to London. He met his wife, Danielle, who's beautiful. Can't wait for her to be on one day. And they met, got married while in London, and then actually moved to Australia, back where she was from. They lived there for 12 years until three and a half years ago when God called their family to come over to the U.S., and now they're serving in ministry. So a little bit about Nick. He is a high-level executive. He's held senior-level positions in corporate London as a business owner. He was in Australia. He provided technology business solutions to over 40% of the hospitality industry, coached business leaders in the same industry, and now is here serving as a campus pastor at a church that has campuses not only here, but in Australia, as well as Indonesia. Amazing. Can't wait for you to hear from him today. Now, last but not least is Amber Pruitt. Amber, you may have uh, remember, she was mentioned in episode one about Lauren when they were the two girls that raised their hand at Sisterhood all those years ago. But let me tell you, there's a lot more to know about Amber than just the one who raised her hand. She is um, living on the south side of Atlanta. She is an esthetician and laser practitioner in dermatology. She's doing that part-time because she's now a full-time student working on a bachelor's degree in business. She's been married to her husband, Andy, for 15 years. She serves in ministry as well. She's a worship leader, has done that for several years. Prior to that, she was in kids' ministry. She's got a huge heart for mission. She's done mission work in South Africa, actually raised like $10,000 to donate to a South African orphanage. Anyway, she is a beautiful soul. So everybody, y'all are in for a real treat today. So Anika, take it away. Thanks, Deb. I'm so excited about today. Hey, Pastor Nick, why don't we go ahead and start with you? What are your initial thoughts about today's topic? 
You know, I think that this is an absolutely brilliant topic for us to be starting out on at this time of the year. You know, the fact of the matter is that there are so many people who are starting to venture out of what has been a tumultuous 12 months for them. And they're beginning to look at their current reality and asking this exact question right now. Do I want to keep doing what I've been doing? And do I want to keep being who I have been um, being? So what we find ourselves in now is that people are asking, what do I need to snip? What do I need to stop? And what do I need to stick with in order for me to have my preferred reality? That is so true. So Amber, how about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think this is such a great topic to bring up because it is super important for everybody to just talk about, you know, and wrap their minds around because let's face it, everybody comes face to face with really difficult decisions and we we have those choices. If, do we snip it? Do we stop it? Do we stick with it? And decisions are hard to make regardless of the weight that they carry. And I think it's great to hear from each other about how we've all navigated these moments in our lives. So Nick, Can you share a time in your life when you needed to make a decision to either snip, stop, or stick with something? Absolutely. You know, I think that this is quite a big question for us because, you know, as I look back on my life, you know, there have been lots of moments when I've needed to make these kinds of decisions. But, you know, we often think that life is defined by one big moment. But when I look back at my journey so far, I think that life is a culmination of lots of moments when I've had to stop and choose what I'm going to snip, stop and stick with. You know, I've had to look at all the areas of my life, things like family and finances, things like physical health, career, social circles, mental and spiritual well-being. And each one of these things requires a daily analysis of deciding which needs to be snipped, stopped or stuck to. You know, let's take, for instance, you know, the area of finances, you know, in this area, do I need to snip in the area of spending in order for me to achieve my financial goals? Do I need to stop holding on to hurt and pain that has been caused to me by family, friends and colleagues? Or do I need to stick to healthy habits of prayer and worship and forgiveness and becoming more like Jesus every day? Now, how do you determine all of that? Well, (laughs) I think it boils down to all the little decisions that we make on a daily basis. You know, where we are now is as a result of the choices we made when our now was once our future, and where we will be is as a result of the choices that we're making today. You know, it's about coming up with an overarching theme and then underpinning that with a major goal. And then what we do is that we underpin that major goal with objective strategies and tasks. You know, the truth of the matter is that we can all do something small every day to achieve something big in the end. So as you've practiced that, what's been the outcome? Well, yes, the thing is I, I get to live my best life, but don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that things are smooth sailing all of the time, you know, but it's, it's hard isn't necessarily bad. Hard is just hard, you know, and God often uses the hard things to refine in us the ability to carry his calling. You see, if our characters are not def- are not refined, if our characters are not developed, then we're unable to carry the calling of God in our lives. So I think that God uses the hard things to develop our character. Wow. Now, Amber, you recently made a decision to do something significant, some significant snipping. Can you tell us about that? 
Yes, yes, I'd love to. Um, first, let me say, you know, my husband owns a lawn care business, and I've learned from his expert knowledge over all the years that pruning induces flowering and fruit production, which I thought was so relevant to this topic today. And sometimes pruning can make a fuller, more beautiful plant. And, you know, the bottom line is that when you prune, you grow. And I wanted to grow. Um, this decision that I made was actually within the past year. And it's been something that I've been praying on and thinking about for several years. Um, and it was to cut back at my job. And actually, if I'm going to be honest, I was going to quit my job altogether. And the crazy part about that decision is that I absolutely love what I do. But I've felt such a heavy pull over the last several years to change that I just needed to make a change, you know? I'm not really good at making big decisions and it's really hard for me. It took me a long time to pray and seek it out and I just knew that God wanted me to take this step of faith. It started by me going back to college a couple of years ago just on a part-time basis to finish my degree. Then I had a desire to go to school full-time. I just never thought that was an option. And I would say at the beginning of 2020, I could hear God clearly telling me that I was going to have to step out on faith and take a risk with my next move. Um, I didn't exactly know what that next step was at the time, but then COVID hit. I was furloughed for a couple of months, and that really gave me time to pray, and I knew that it was time to move on. Um, I just wanted to take that time to go back to school full-time and to pour into my church full-time ministry and see where that, you know, kept me going. Ultimately, though, I couldn't have ima imagined the way that the decision would catapult my ministry at church and the impact that I would have over just these last five months and the new desires that God has birthed in my soul. I just knew I had to take this risk to get to where God wanted to take me, and He has grown me more over these last five months than I could have ever imagined. And that's saying a lot because I've spent a lot of time in ministry so far. So it was worth every bit of the sacrifice that my husband and I made to take this leap of faith. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, snipping is so important. It can help us focus on what really matters. You know, we all need to reprioritize from time to time. For me, when I think about cutting back, one of the first steps I take is to step back and assess where I really am. I have found that stepping back can give me the space I need to retreat in order to advance. Stepping back may be just for a day or even a season to take time to really hear from God. It helps me to get away from distractions and it helps me to frame what I should be doing. Let me say this. If you haven't stepped back in a while, this may be the route to take. Nick, I'm sure some of our listeners may be having a hard time trying to figure out what they need to snip. What would you say to help them? Well, I, I always think that it's important for us to start with the end in sight. You see, you'd never decide to go on vacation by simply jumping in a car and driving off in a random direction. You'd start with a destination in mind. And then from there, you would figure out what you needed to pack for that destination. And anything irrelevant to the destination can't be packed. So you leave that stuff behind. So I would say start with the end in sight. Then the second thing is to look at your life and categorize life and to figure out what area you actually want to work on. So what I do is I look at my life as a whole and I categorize it into areas like family, finance, physical health, 
career, social circles, mental and spiritual well-being. Once I've categorized my life like that, each of these areas will actually require a different objective strategy and task in order for you to know what the end will look like. You see, it's no good snipping things without knowing what pattern you're actually snipping to. And so if you snip away the wrong things, the truth of the matter is that you'd actually end up with an unwanted result. So I think it's important to to break things into respective categories and dream. You need to dream about the result that you actually want. And once you've arrived at the end destination, you work backward from there. And the result is that you're snipping the things that would prevent you from getting the end result. Another way to say it is this, snip to get the result. I just love that. Just breaking things up into categories. You know, one of the things that I find helpful is making a list of what I absolutely have to do and my non-negotiables. This has looked different for me in different seasons of my life. For instance, as a mom, I know I have to take care of my kids and keep them warm and fed. Now, what exactly does that have to look like? Does it mean making homemade clothes or rolling out dough every day? Now, maybe for someone else, but that's not for me. I try to ask myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it because I feel obligated? Is it out of fear or some kind of societal pressure? Or do I have a clear and good reason? I think many of us, if we're honest, we do a lot of things because we just should or we think we ought to. And, you know, Nick, I love what you said. Um, Can you explain to us more about how you snip to get results? Well, one of the things that I'll start off by saying is that my wife and my kids are probably really excited about the fact that I am not choosing to make our clothing for us. <laughs> that would be that would be horrific. Um, you know, what I do when I look at things like family and finances, physical health, career, social circles, mental and spiritual well-being, the way that I do it is I actually put them into what I would call a wheel of life. And so the idea is that I literally will do this. I will draw a circle and on the perimeter of that, I will plot each of those areas. And then I will create a spoke that runs from the center of the wheel to the outskirts of, this, of, of the wheel. And the center of the wheel represents one and the outside represents 10. And so once I've managed to draw my wheel of life and rate these different areas, how am I going in my family on a scale of one to 10 and my finances and physical health and career and social circles and and mental and spiritual well-being, from there, I'm able to make a decision on what areas I'm able to work on. Because what that then does is it shows me, is my life in balance or am I actually having a bumpy ride? And the areas that I'm having a bumpy ride in, what I'm able to do then is I'm able to decide what is my overarching theme in that area? What, how do I need to then underpin that with a major goal? What are the objectives, strategies, and tasks that I need to accomplish in order to get a result towards the end goal in that area of my life? You know, then what I do is I set about working on the tasks in order to accomplish these things on a daily basis. That is so good. Okay, we are going to have to put that on repeat. Rewind. That is so good. Is that because of my accent? (laughs) On top of the fact that this is gold. Okay. Okay, Nick, can you share a time you had to stop something and just let us know what you gained in the process? Yeah. Honestly, one of the things that I had to stop doing was living my life in fear. You know, one of the things that God had called me to is called me to communicate. He's given me a gift of communication, 
But as a result of fear, I often talked myself out of opportunities to go off and accomplish the things that God had asked me to. Now, I'm not proud of it, but you know, it wasn't just fear that was holding me back from public speaking. It was just an absolute paranoia of getting up there and making an absolute fool of myself. So one of the first things that I discovered was the only thing that cures fear is action. The longer I sat in my fear and despair, the bigger the problem of public speaking became. So I realized that in order for me to break this fear, I needed to stop living in fear and take action towards actually doing the very thing that I was most afraid of doing. You see, I've learned that this comes down to what I call red flags in our lives. You see, your red flags often warn you of pitfalls that are coming ahead. Mm -hmm. Your red flags are things like words and thoughts. We have between 40 and 60,000 thoughts a day. Studies show that 90% of our thoughts are actually usually on the past. And it's usually as a result of past failures or, or insecurities and fears that we project into the future, which cause us to become paralyzed in and in, in, in this inability for us to move forward. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to hold captive every single thought. Einstein said this, what you see playing on the screen of your mind is a preview of life's coming attractions. Another way of saying it is this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And one of the most common red flags, remember your red flags are your thoughts and your words, one of the most common red flags, and I've got to pronounce this like an American because if I pronounce it in a way that I say it, it doesn't sound like a great word. One, one, of the, one of the most common red flags that holds people back is the word can't. Did I say that? Come on, did I say that right? Come on, people. Yeah. And when we keep holding onto this word in our mind and we have this tumbling out of our mouths, we actually are at risk in falling into the pitfall of self-doubt. And that's what was happening with me because I was telling myself, I can't do this anymore. I, 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 there's no ways that I'm going to be able to stand up and speak publicly. I'll make a fool out of myself. And so the pitfall that I constantly kept falling into was this self-doubt. And so the thoughts and the words that I needed to take, and take captive was I needed to restrain this word can't. And I needed to then go off and do the very thing that I was most afraid of doing. And by doing that, I was able to stride confidently into the horizon of my future. Wow, that's an amazing story and a great, a great testimony. So I have to ask you about this. How do you know when it's time to stop something? Well, I think that's a great question. You'll know when to stop when you actually realize that the very thing you're doing is standing in the way of you achieving the goal that you set out for yourself. You see, if it's stopping you from achieving your goal, yesterday was the best time to stop it, but you can't travel back in time, so the next best time is today. That's gold. I love it. Amber, so how about you? When do you know it's time to stop something or to walk away? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a good question. And like I said previously, I have a really hard time making big decisions. But at the end of the day, if it's something that's causing me more harm than good, for example, if it's stressing me out or it's causing me heartache or it's something that's stealing my joy and pay attention to that. If it's something that is stealing my joy, then I know it's time to move on. 
I always try to follow peace because to me, that's the Holy Spirit guiding me. And I know that's super hard to discern sometimes, but you can tell if something is challenging you or if it's sucking the life out of you. If it's the latter, you want to make an adjustment. If something in your life doesn't feel right or it's robbing you of peace, again, pay attention to that. Something that is robbing you of peace Ask God to show you what He wants you to do about it. Is that uncomfortableness for a purpose? Is that an opportunity for you to grow? Or is that robbing of peace a sign for you to move on? And, you know, you have to ask God what He wants you to do about it. And I recommend seeking godly wisdom as well. There's so much power in that. It really takes, at the end of the day, a lot of self-evaluation, which is a great habit to get into on a regular basis. And clearly, if it's something that's hindering your walk with God or your progress, you have to stop it. Whatever it is that you're facing, measure it against your values, measure it against your goals, and against your God-given passions in this life. You have to ask yourself these questions. Does it line up with these things? Will it help me get to where God is trying to take me? Because if it's not, then we know that it's time to stop it. Constant self-evaluation and measuring all of these decisions against what is most important to you is probably the best advice I can give. Wow. That's some great insight. Now, let's talk a little bit about sticking with things. I actually was recently faced with the decision to stick with something. I had a goal to finish writing my book. Over the years, I've helped others reach their goal of becoming a published author. I've worked as a copy editor and as a ghostwriter. Now, I'm one of those people who are fully committed to tasks and to projects and to people. But recently, I realized something. I have to also keep the commitments that I make to myself. When it came to finishing my book, I found myself pushing it to the side in order to do projects for others, which isn't a bad thing. But I needed stick to when it came to my own goals. And I had to realize that being committed to myself is not being selfish. I know that by me sticking with my goal, others will be helped as well. So Amber, what's something that you've had to stick with and what have you learned in that process? Well, if I'm being honest, the first thing that I think of is ministry. And can I just tell you that ministry can be so, so very hard. (laughs) Yes, you can say that and you can say it again. Yes. You know, the thing is, it's the thing that gives me the most life, and yet it can be so hard at times. And maybe that's because it's every part of my being is invested into it. It's literally my lifeblood. It's my purpose on this earth, no matter what capacity I do it in. When it gets hard, walking away just is not an option. It just matters too much to me. And I've learned that the purpose behind my ministry is what keeps me going. And that's a great question for you to ask yourself and reflect on when you're faced with these decisions. What is your why? What is your purpose and how does that affect whatever decision it is that you may be facing? Wow. So Nick, how about you? What's something you've had to stick with? Yeah, this is another big one. Um, You know, we think that the call of God means that things will be easy, but that's, that's not what Jesus actually promised us. He did promise that he would never leave us and that we wouldn't have to do life alone. You see, 
commitment is not something that we see much of anymore. And that's, that's sad. You see, I see a lot of people bow out when things get hard because they didn't read the small print when they picked up the goal and they want to go and accomplish it. Whether that's in business or marriage or study or fitness, you fill in the gap. For me, living on four different continents may sound like a romantic idea, but starting again every single time, it's, it's tough. Wow. And this time I did it with my family. I did it with my wife and two kids and it was hard. But sticking to what God has called us to do in the face of adversity, in the face of many challenges, has taught us endurance. And we've been able to be forged in fire. Now, the reality is, is that if we were to be asked to do it again, we absolutely would do it without question. Now, tell me this. Do you have any advice for someone who's really trying to figure out whether or not to stick with something? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, you know, I think Amber had mentioned this earlier. The first thing is to actually turn to God and and ask what God has asked you to do. You see, God is not going to keep changing his mind. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people tell me, God told me this. We've all heard that God, people playing the God card, you know, God's told me to do one thing. And then a few weeks later, he's telling them to do com- something completely different. You know, what has God asked you to do? That's where you need to start. And does that line up with the word of God? And then you also need to find those people in your life who are wise counselors. What do they say? And do these things line up? You see, in this, I believe that feelings are important, but I've also learned in my life when having to make life-changing decisions that I cannot base my entire decision on my feelings for this reason. You see, I've learned that sometimes the only truth that my feelings will tell me is the truth about what I'm feeling in that moment. So good. What about you, Amber? Yeah, you know, I'm no fan of hard times, but can I just tell you that when you stick with things through the toughest of times, you only come out on the other side stronger. I mean, it always makes you stronger. You always learn something from every situation. And I think the biggest advice is just reflect on your purpose. If you're in a situation that's challenging, yet it's fulfilling to your purpose, don't give up. You have to stick with it, grow in those moments. You know, The best thing to do when determining whether to stick with it is to see if there's an opportunity for you to grow or to learn from whatever situation you may be facing. Ask yourself, would you just be running away if you didn't stick with it? How can you change your perspective? Like, is that something that God wants you to do in that situation? Self-reflection and self-evaluation are powerful. And when you know who you are and when you know what you want, it's so much easier to make the right decisions and align your life with those things. This is so good. I'm learning a lot. Now, as we're wrapping up, which I hate to do, I'd love each of you to share either a practical tip or a principle our listeners can use as they're sorting this one out on their own. I think practically, you know, what we need to do is ask yourself, would sticking with it or stopping help or hinder your progress towards the goal that you set out for yourself? You know, I once had somebody ask me if they should make a life-changing decision in changing careers. You see, what I did is I told them that they needed to make this type of decision by sitting down with a flask, F-L-A-S-C. You see, at different stages of life, different things will be more important than they were at other times in our lives. 
So for instance, when choosing a new job or a career, you need to consider things like flexibility, location, accomplishment, salary, and culture. You see, each of these things will matter differently at different ages and stages of life. Let me unpack that a little bit. So if you're young and you don't have a family and you're looking for a new job, flexibility and location won't mean as much to you as salary and accomplishment. But later in life, you maybe would be wanting to have a look at things like salary, location, culture to matter more than some of the others. So I think it comes down to knowing what you want and working back from there. Yeah, you know, my biggest advice is once you've made that decision, have confidence in your decision. Once you make it, see it through, no looking back because you just have to make it happen and stick to your decision. Don't get sucked back into your comfort zone just because it's familiar and it feels easy. I think that can be a trap for people as well. You'll only be selling yourself short. And I have to share with you one of my favorite quotes. It says that, Comfort zones are where dreams go to die. And I think that's something that you need to remember. So once you make that decision, you have to stick with it. If you feel yourself longing for that comfort zone, be confident in the why behind your decision and why you made it in the first place and allow that to keep you moving forward. We always want to maintain that forward progress. So awesome. And Amber, I just love that quote. Comfort zones are where dreams go to die. Thanks so much for sharing that. What a session. It's so good to hear different perspectives on the avenues we can take when deciding to snip, stop, or stick with something. Thank you both for sharing your stories and your insight today. I hope our listeners were taking lots of notes. I can't wait to have you back in the roundabout. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. I have been excited about having the roundabout and wow, I knew it would be great, but I think it was even better than I imagined. Thank you so much, guys. I know that you have all helped a lot of people today. Everybody come back next time because Lauren and I will be going roundabout the things you heard today as well as discussing this topic some more. Plus, we'll be sharing some new lifestyle tools to help you. Yes, this has been awesome. I loved hearing from the roundabout today and all the different perspectives. Plus, it was fun just to have our friends in studio with us. Guys, as we continue to build our online platform, we'll be posting resources to help you along the way. We have a first and main Facebook page and an Instagram page where we'll post details and resources from our show. We are charting well on the podcast platforms and we are so grateful. Thank you for subscribing, leaving us five stars and personal reviews. Debs, you also worked really hard this week putting together a new Facebook group for us to connect in called MyOCG. Yes, I'm so excited about this. It's our new online community group, and we would love for everyone to be a part of it. It's linked to our First and Main Facebook page. That's where you'll find it. So just join us. Connect with the extra resources we'll be putting in there. You'll get support, and you just get to do life with the people who are taking this journey with us. So thanks again for listening today. We can't wait to meet with you here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well.